Welcome back to the second night of our four-night season two premiere of the Introverted Poets podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Jade. For those of you just tuning in, the Introverted Poets podcast is a safe space for the shy writer or poet to share their work in an anonymous way. We post the stories or poems two weeks in advance. As mentioned in previous episodes, this is done with the intent of getting the audience to read ahead and submit questions to the authors about the story, poems, or them themselves. However, due to this being a four-night event and the length of the story being long, we won't be having music breaks or Q&As. Regular format will resume next month. Ways to be featured on this podcast will also be posted on this episode description along with our social media links. Now, a recap on the summer of 1997. Last night we found out who the main characters are, the setting, and other minor details. Casey and Lizzie are two seniors involved with their church, both Star Trek runners eager to see what the future brings. Tonight we dive into Tuesday and Wednesday. Without further delay, here is part two of Summer of 1997. Tuesday, June 10th, 6 a.m. The alarm clock went off again, only this time instead of the hustle and bustle of Casey's house, Lizzie quietly awoke in her bedroom. It was her father's turn to drop the girls off. It was his day to go into the bank. What he did, Lizzie didn't know. All she knew was that he needed to make all of his clients happy and above all else, richer. Lizzie stepped out of her bed and ran into her bathroom. Lizzie had no siblings. It was just her and her two parents. She began to shower and think about her last felt crush, Julio. He was the star quarterback of the new Caney High School football team. She did everything she could to get him to notice her, but he was far too busy chasing Mary Elizabeth's daughter, Marianne. Rumor had it she was fast and that's what quarterbacks like. Everyone in high school knew Lizzie to be shy, quiet, timid, and a stickler for rules. Though she was a Star Trek runner, she never broke the rules like most jocks in her school did. She stepped out of the shower and quickly ran to get dressed into her Templo Nuestro polo and jeans. Once dressed, she ran downstairs to the smell of coffee. Hey kiddo, greeted Hector Castro. Hey daddy, do you think Casey's ready so we can get some McDonald's for breakfast? My treat? I don't know daddy, let's find out. Lizzie picked up the cordless phone and dialed Casey's house number. Buenos dias, Maria. Do you think Casey's ready? My papi wants to take us to McDonald's. Okay, okay, we will be waiting. Casey was brushing her teeth, thinking about ways to approach Edward without making it too obvious that she was crushing on him. There was a knock on the door. Mija, mande, mami. Are you ready? Mr. Castro's going to take you girls to McDonald's for breakfast. I made you breakfast and packed it up still, in case you girls need a snack, you know, later. Gracias, mami, and mmm, hash browns. Orale, mamita, get a move on. Casey grabbed her backpack by the door and the lunch bag her mom had left. Bye, mommy. La miro al rato, she shouted. She quickly made her way towards the Castro's driveway. Lizzie and Hector were already waiting in the Acura Integra. Buenos dias, Mr. Castro, Casey greeted. Buenos dias, Casey. Buckle up and let's get to Mickey D's, he cheerfully stated. Mr. Castro pulled out of the driveway and made his way towards the McDonald's near the Highway 59 before heading towards the long 45-minute commute. It was 6.55 a.m. We are making good time, Mr. Castro said. Only because Casey was miraculously ready today, teased Lizzie. Both girls giggled as Mr. Castro began ordering the egg McMuffins and drinks. Once arriving at Templo Nuestro, the girls had finished eating their breakfast and joyfully made their way to the lounge. They got there an hour earlier than usual, 8.25 a.m. to be exact. Good thing we have time to kill, said Casey. Do you think your boyfriend is here yet, wondered Lizzie. He's not my boyfriend, yet. The door opened and in walked Mary Elizabeth and her daughter, Marianne. Good morning, girls, loudly stated Mary Elizabeth. Good morning, Mary Elizabeth, they both greeted. You all know my precious daughter, Marianne. You all go to school together in New Caney. Yes, Mary Elizabeth, both girls responded. Well, today she's joining you all and helping out with the guest speakers while other peers your age are going to help the pastors out in the lunch line. Marianne and I will meet back with you all in a few minutes. They both walked out. Once the door closed, both Lizzie and Casey looked at each other. Ugh, she better not try talking to Edward, Casey angrily stated. Wow, isn't that a bit much, Casey? You know how she is. She took Julio from you. Lizzie winced at hearing Casey say that out loud. 
Sorry, didn't mean to offend you, but you know how she is. Loose. You think she got in trouble and that's why she's here? Asked Lizzie. Why else would she be here? She makes us church girls look bad, commented Casey. Okay, you need to chill out. We all know if Marianne is here, then Julio and his friends will be here because where every Mary goes, the lamb is sure to follow, sang Lizzie to the tune of Mary Had a Little Lamb. Both girls began bursting out into laughter when Isaiah and the rest of the troop walked in. Good morning, Lizzie and Casey, the superstar liaisons. Good morning, Isaiah, the girls greeted. I'm hoping the good Lord woke you all blessed, inquired Hannah. Every day awake above ground is a blessed day, responded Lizzie. Amen to that, added Edward, who was walking and giggling next to Sarah and Joanna. Josh slowly came in behind the trio, while both Casey and Lizzie sit next to each other, passing quick glances at one another. So I hear today we'll be having more teen youth leaders helping us out, Isaiah stated. Oh yes, answered Casey. Will they also be our liaisons, asked Joshua. We don't know. Maybe Mary Elizabeth or Marcella know, suggested Lizzie. Who is Mary Elizabeth? asked Sarah. Oh, Pastor Glenn's wife, answered Casey. Oh, right, 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 right. Silly me, forgetting that. She mentioned it with a smile on her face. Once more, Mary Elizabeth walked in, this time with more than just Marianne. She brought in her two sons, Evan and Henry, along with Marianne's friends, who also happened to be in the cheer squad. Catherine Wheeler, five foot five, skinny with pink braces. Lynn Marie Marquart, also five foot five, but with no braces, a curvy build. Leslie Windsor, five foot, the shortest of the group of the girls, and Peggy Lace, the tallest, a five foot ten with long wavy hair. Marianne and her friends all looked alike. Light blonde hair, always wore lip gloss and other makeup, and the Ennis clothing. Being cheerleaders, they had to be the trendsetters in New Caney High. However, being the leader of the group, Marianne stood out by adding pink highlights to her hair. Behind them was Julio, the tall, tan Latino star quarterback, and his fellow friends. Jason Von Holtz, six foot three with long, dirty blonde hair, the linebacker. Marcus DeWare, the safety, six foot three, darkened with a buzz cut. Mario Benavides, the kicker, five foot six, tan with a gel to spike his hair. And Michael Smith, five foot ten, blonde and fair skinned, the center. He wasn't as blonde as Jason, but blonde nonetheless. A job for every cheerleader, it seemed. Much to Casey's relief, this meant Edward was all hers for the taking. Good morning, Isaiah and Troop, Mary Elizabeth greeted. Good morning, Mrs. Glenn. Ho, ho, please, call me Mary Elizabeth like everyone else, darling, she commanded. What's on the itinerary today, he asked. Well, today you are going to have these eight lovely assistants along with Casey and Lizzie to help you all with morning prayer, Bible trivia, lunch, your skip, and all that other activities, she cheerfully instructed. Oh, wow, you know about our skits, Isaiah asked. Why, yes, Edward told us all about it last night when we had him over for dinner. The air left Casey when she heard Mary Elizabeth say that. She quickly shot a quick glance at Lizzie, and Lizzie in return raised her eyebrows to confirm that she indeed heard what she heard. Anyway, I'll be needing four of you to find Pastor Glenn to assist with the breakfast line, two to help me unload the stuff, and the other two can stay here with Lizzie and Casey, Mary and Elizabeth added, while looking at the group. All right, Marianne and Catherine, you stay with Lizzie and Casey, and you four, she pointed to Julio and his friends, go help Pastor Glenn, and the rest of you, follow me. Catherine and Marianne stayed staring at Casey and Lizzie, scanning them up and down. Good morning, girls, greeted Lizzie. Hey, nerds, accosted Marianne while Catherine was snickering behind her. Nerds, repeated Lizzie. What are y'all doing or what, demanded Marianne. We are helping pray with whatever they need, replied Casey. Oh, so like they're slaves, asked Catherine. No, not like that. We are liais, more like liais Marianne teased, causing Catherine to giggle once more. Well, at least some of us are here because we genuinely care about getting right with the Lord instead of boys, added Lizzie sternly, to which wiped the smirk off of both Marianne's and Catherine's faces. Marianne took a step closer towards Lizzie. Look, nerd, don't think I don't know that you have a thing for my boyfriend Julio. The way you get all gaga-eyed for him when he walks into fifth period. Yeah, sneered Catherine. And remember, Lizzie, or whatever the hell your name is, I am the queen of this church and the school. And I can make your life a living hell this senior year, threatened Marianne.
You don't scare us, floozy, added Casey, quickly interfering and creating space between Lizzie and Marianne. Just then, Edward and Joshua approached the four girls. Hey, girls, what's all the fuss about? Edward nervously asked. Oh, nothing, Eddie, just talking about how fun and scrumptious dinner was last night, cheerfully responded Marianne. Oh, yeah, it was. You and your mom make the best pies ever, he exclaimed. Anytime, Eddie. Is there anything you need our help with, she asked. Oh, well, Joanna, Hannah, and Sarah are going to need you to help them make the cue cards for Bible trivia, he stated. He then walked Marianne towards the back table where the three prayer girls were at quietly writing. Can I help? shouted Catherine as she ran behind Edward and Marianne. Well, you girls can help make the prize bags for the winners of the trivia, instructed Josh. Okay, agreed Casey. The three walked to the opposite side of the lounge and began making prize bags with movie passes to Blockbuster and popcorn. Josh stood up and walked out, leaving Casey and Lizzie alone, while the other members were across the lounge quietly working. Oh, that bitch, whispered Casey. Language, reminded Lizzie. I can't help it. She's making it seem like her and Edward are a thing while rubbing Julio in your face declared Casey. Calm down. One, if Julio liked me back, he would have asked me out instead of the answers for the algebra quizzes, and Edward is too old for us, explained Lizzie. You don't know that. For all we know, she is a witch and is doing brujeria on them, theorized Casey. Marianne, as in the pastor's daughter, head of the cheerleading squad. No way! She's a lot of things when not a bruja, Lizzie stated. More like head of giving head, suggested Casey. See? Lizzie unknowingly shouted. The prey members and two bullies all turned around and looked at Lizzie in Casey's direction. Uh-huh. Sorry, Lizzie blurted. Everyone turned around and quietly went back to working on the things they were instructed to do before morning prayer and Bible trivia. The girls took 15 minutes to make the three prize bags. Once they were done, Isaiah approached them once more. Hey, what are my two liaisons doing, he inquired. Just finished the prize bags for Bible trivia, answered Lizzie. Okay, now, if you don't mind, can one of you get me some markers? These dry erase ones have dried up, he politely asked. Of course, I'll get them, volunteered Casey. Casey stood up and walked out of the lounge and into Marcella's office. She always had the office supplies locked up in the closet. You couldn't get any new supplies without Marcella knowing about it. While Casey was gone, Lizzie sat at the table observing the room. At the far end of the room, Marianne and Catherine were chatting away while organizing the index cards with the women from Prey. Josh had still not returned, and Isaiah was erasing the dry erase board from the day before. She was quietly thinking about what the rest of the summer was going to hold for her. She was startled by the movement of the chair next to her. She let out a gasp. Oh my goodness me, I didn't mean to scare you, Lizzie, apologized Edward. Mercy me, no, don't worry about it, she assured him. What are you thinking about? I hope it's the song you're going to sing once it's 10 a.m., he teased. Oh, no, no, she responded. Then about what? about summer. I take it you and the other youth leaders are all seniors in high school? Yeah, that's the only way we can be youth leaders. Oh, wow. That and good grades and being being good, added Lizzie. Right, right. I remember when I was a senior a very long time ago, Edward joked. How long ago was that? cried Lizzie. Three years ago, he replied. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm super old, he said. I'm 21. 21 is not old. That's the dream age, replied Lizzie. Dream? How come? He wondered. Well, you can buy alcohol and go out dancing, explained Lizzie. True, but you don't have to be any age to pray to the Lord, he reminded. Fair point, she agreed. The door to the lounge flung open and in came Casey with the expo markers for Isaiah. She quickly spotted Edward sitting next to Lizzie and immediately smiled. Why did they call you Lizzie, he asked. To avoid confusion between her and Mary Elizabeth, interjected Casey. Oh, answered Edward. Yeah, confirmed Lizzie. So have you girls attended this church all your lives, he asked. Yes, since we can remember, responded Casey. We moved into the same neighborhood as Casey's back when we were in diapers, added Lizzie. Oh, okay, okay, he remarked. Yeah, and my parents befriended Lizzie's parents and the rest is history, detailed Casey. I see, so you both are in the same grade, I imagine. Yes, both of us seniors and both of us track runners. That's amazing. I did track back in my day, he boasted. Really? Casey cheerfully asked. Yes, 
if you girls need any pointers on nutrition and increasing miles, let me know, he offered. Oh yes, most definitely, we will definitely ask, coyly responded Casey. I'll be glad to help, he exclaimed. In walked Mary Elizabeth with Pastor Glenn and Joshua. Okay, ladies and gents, it's time to go in and begin morning prayer, instructed Pastor Glenn. That's right, y'all. Let's all line up and get ready to be filled with the Spirit, chimed Mary Elizabeth with a big white smile. Are we ready? asked Josh to the troop. Just about. I still need to finish this whiteboard, explained Isaiah. Oh, well, have someone stay behind and do it, mentioned Joshua. That's a terrific idea, added Mary Elizabeth. I know. How about Marianne, Kat, and Eddie? Stay and finish the categories, and the rest of you line up and follow us. Once more, Casey felt her blood boil hearing Mary Elizabeth was desperately throwing Marianne at her Edward. Keep a lid on it, Case. We need her to sign her community service hours. That's 300 hours and another cord for graduation, reminded Lizzie. <sighs> but they're both so awful, complained Casey. I doubt they even know a thing. I doubt your husband even knows, giggled Lizzie. Both girls giggled as they walked behind the troop and church elders. Morning prayers went off without a hitch. Isaiah, Joanna, Sarah, Hannah, and Joshua assisted the pastors in getting the kids to pray and sing the psalms and hymns with them. They even played a Jeopardy-style game of prayers. The children had to answer, what is the book of John as opposed to what is Mount Rushmore? Rather than having a real buzzer, the members of the troop took turns being the winning bell or the losing buzzer. These activities were 45 minutes long. By the time it was 11.15 a.m., the pastors and troop made the children exercise. They let out basketballs, volleyball nets, and rackets. The children had 45 minutes to play before lunchtime. While the children were playing, Casey and Lizzie were sitting beside the stage talking. So, you found out how old he is? Casey asked. Yeah, confirmed Lizzie. How? Don't you want to know how old he is? argued Lizzie. Yeah, but you're a wallflower. How did you begin talking to him? wondered Casey. I didn't. He just sat down next to me and began talking, explained Lizzie. Okay, so more details, please, Casey pleaded. Well, that he was also a track runner in high school and that he's 21. 21 and a track runner? This is too perfect, Casey beamed. Calm down, he's still too old for us, insisted Lizzie. No, the age of consent is 17 in Texas, informed Casey. Which we're not yet, reminded Lizzie. But we will be. And how are you going to go about keeping in contact with him after Friday? Remember, they're just visiting for the week, laughed Lizzie. I don't know. I'll think of something, plotted Casey. Well, you got three more days, unless you want to befriend Marianne, replied Lizzie. Hell no, bellowed Casey. Casey! But she and Mary Elizabeth are providing room and board for him, reminded Lizzie. Don't they live close by the house? Asked Casey. No, 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 Lizzie stammered. Yes, 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 Casey. What now, Casey? Asked Lizzie. Look, just hear me out. We go jogging by their house on our run and they will see us then. Edward's going to run out and propose to you like those books your mom reads? Sarcastically interrupted Lizzie. Well, hopefully. Casey, estás pero bien loca, noted Lizzie. Is that a yes? Yeah, only because I'm getting bored running in the same place, agreed Lizzie. Deal. Later that day, 3 p.m. came and the buses that took the children to Houston and its surrounding cities were back. Casey and the rest of the youth leaders helped the pastors load the children onto their buses. With more youth leaders to help with Pastor Glenn's two sons, this made the process faster. The children remembered their buddies and bus numbers. By 3.55 p.m., the last bus had left. Phew, sighed Casey. Let's go inside. It's so humid, added Lizzie. Houston for you, blurted Casey. No kidding. Both girls walked into the administration building and sat in the lobby waiting for Casey's dad once again. Even though both fathers alternated as to who dropped the girls off in the morning for camp or school, when it came time for pickup, Casey's dad was usually the one to do the chauffeuring. Casey's dad with Sabre pulled up. Again, Casey informed Marcella that she was to be leaving along with Lizzie as per usual. Both girls made their way towards the car until they heard giggling. They turned to the right as they were about to open the car doors. It was Marianne and Catherine giggling while talking to Edward. Remember the plan, mentioned Casey as she got into the front passenger seat. Hola, girls. ¿Cómo les fue hoy? inquired Juan. Bien, papi. Fine, Mr. Fuentes. Lizzie, you're part of my family. You can call me Juan. 
Oh no, my mother and father wouldn't allow me to be disrespectful, reasoned Lizzie. It's not disrespectful. You all are family. Once home, the girls again changed into their tracksuits with a little more vigor. This time they had a mission to accomplish. They needed to get Edward to notice Casey more than Marianne. Both girls began jogging out of their cul-de-sac and past Autumn Lane. This time, instead of making a right onto Autumn Oak Lane, they made a left onto Winter Lane. Do you know where this little whatever rhymes with witch lives? inquired Casey. Yeah, blurted Lizzie. How? When I came cruising with my dad once, answered Lizzie. Cool. Truth is, Lizzie had been there because, unbeknownst to Casey, she and Evan had a secret fling going on. No one knew, of course. Lizzie had been quietly sneaking out and meeting Evan at the end of Winter Lane. He would park his car and wait for Lizzie to arrive. Once Lizzie arrived, she strapped herself and he would drive to his house and sneak her into the outhouse. The outhouse had a pool table, bar, and a big screen TV for men to watch the Texans play. However, past 12 p.m., when everyone was asleep, it was Evan and Lizzie's love nest. Now up this corner, instructed Lizzie. The girls made another left onto Fall Avenue. The houses were all gated with the latest luxury cars 1997 could have. Both girls felt upranked the closer they got to Pastor Glenn's house. Of course, being head of the church, his house wasn't a house, but an estate. It took up an entire block and, of course, was gated with the tallest fences. Not very Christian-like, eh? Don't start, Casey. Now, where do you think they'd be? pondered Casey out loud. I don't know, but keep up pace or else we will look suspicious. We have to act as if we are just prepping for track, commanded Lizzie. Well, Lizzie, for the quiet one, you seem to be pretty in your element here, noted Casey. Shh, hissed Lizzie. The girls continued jogging. They went past the estate and onto a neighboring street, Springtime Lane. Not only did it increase their miles, it killed time since it appeared no one was home at the estate. They passed another two streets before they decided to run back towards the estate and back home. Okay, huffed Casey. Let's slowly make our way back so I don't look too bad when I see Edwin. Alrighty, responded Lizzie. As they were turning around making their way back towards the second street they passed, they heard a rustling in the bushes. Both girls turned and saw Edward sprinting towards them. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, panicked Casey. Language, hissed Lizzie. Edward finally caught up to the girls and stopped, covered in sweat, running shorts, and no shirt. Liaison? Hi, Eddie, greeted Casey. Hi, Edward, peeped Lizzie. What are you girls doing here? He inquired. We are upping our mileage for track, Casey confidently answered. Oh, okay, he breathed. I also live close by here. Well, we live close by, answered Casey emphatically. Okay, neighbors, right? He asked. I remember you all telling me. Yes, Lizzie sheepishly stated. You girls heading back home? He asked. Yes, we are, answered Lizzie. Would you like to join us on your run back? It's not too far from here, suggested Casey. Nah, maybe some other time. It's almost supper time at Pastor Glenn. I don't want to be rude. I gotta wash up, he informed. Oh, okay, Casey disappointedly answered. Well, I gotta go. Bye, girls. Edward sprinted off to the direction of the estate. Not exactly as he planned it, Lizzie asked. Oh, shut up. He didn't say no, just maybe. Maybe's just as good as no, cautioned Lizzie. Stop it. Let's get back home, ordered Casey. Race you there, asked Lizzie. All right, but don't be upset when I win, mentioned Casey. One of these days, you won't always win, warned Lizzie. Well, until then... Ready, set, go! And both girls took off sprinting back towards their homes on Autumn Lane. This time, Casey only beat Lizzie by five seconds. Nice try, Lizzie, Casey breathed. I'm telling you, I'll be getting there soon, threatened Lizzie. No kidding, we'll see you tomorrow in the morning for camp, departed Casey. Both girls parted ways. Lizzie crossed the street and Casey went indoors. It was dusk and time for the girls to wash up for bed and prep for their third day of camp. Wednesday. Girls were waiting in the lounge. It was 8.30 a.m. The troop usually arrived at 9 and morning prayers began at 10. What do you think the troop has planned for today? asked Lizzie. I don't know, but it's probably going to be something fun, Casey said. Why do you say that? Remember all the camps before? The closer we got to Friday, the funner the activities got, reminded Casey. Do you think there will be a dance again this year? asked Lizzie. You mean the concert? asked Casey. Yeah, well, it starts out as a concert and then it turns into a huge dance, asserted Lizzie. 
Well, the music is fun, and after a week of learning, some play will do you some good. True. So, what's the plan for today? asked Lizzie. Plan? You know, to get your lover boy? reminded Lizzie. Oh, that, remembered Casey. I don't know. I think I'm still going to give up on that. I'm telling you, he's too old for us. Probably why he's not interested. Well, cool for you, specified Lizzie. The door flung open and the troop walked in. It was 8.35 a.m. Who's too old for you girls? asked Isaiah jokingly. Oh, no one, Casey quickly added while turning red. Is somebody crushing on somebody at camp? teased Hannah. No, no, nothing like that, peeped Lizzie. A boy from school? asked Edward. Oh, no, definitely not a boy from school, flirtatiously replied Casey. Well, whoever he is, I hope he is right with the Lord and going to pray away the drugs, shouted Joshua. Both girls looked at each other confused. Oh, you don't know, asked Sarah. Know what? It's what our troop specializes in, added Joanna. Pray is a group designed to inform children about the dangers of taking drugs, explained Isaiah. We do songs, skits, games, and dances to inform the impressionable youth about the dangers of marijuana, cocaine, and today's hot topic, ecstasy. Oh, okay, both girls answered. So, after morning prayer, we will begin with a puppet show on how Pepito and Maria are offered a join by a thug hanging in the neighborhood while ditching school, explained Edward. Ain't need someone to help you with the puppets, wondered Casey. Oh, no, no, you all don't know the script. Sarah and I will be Pepito and Maria. You girls will be helping make the set changes, said Edward. Oh, said Casey. Set changes? You know, the backgrounds you see in plays, explained Edward once more. Oh, okay, I mean, Lizzie and I aren't one at play. We could learn lines, Casey stated. Really? Track stars and actresses? My, my, I'm starting to sense you all are extremely talented. However, the skits are already in place. We just have to weather damage our cardboard sets, so we gotta get new ones with box cutters for you girls to make. Oh, okay, Casey disappointedly answered. Marcella walked in with boxes full of supplies. Once 9 a.m. came, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Ann, Catherine, Evan, and Henry walked in. The others are at their spots from yesterday. These four will be helping you all with your sets as discussed last night, Edward and Isaiah, instructed Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth walked out. Catherine and Mary Ann ran up to Edward and encircled him with Sarah, all giggling. This drove Casey mad. Lizzie had come up from behind Casey with a box of supplies. Hey girl, let's get started. Isaiah said he needed a set to have trees and clouds. What? Trying is fun for us, Lizzie pleaded. No, no, not that. That, Casey emphasized while pointing at the girls encircling Edward. Casey, ignore them. He's too old for them, too. Besides, Marianne is with Julio, and it's not just him going to dinner with them. Remember what Mary Elizabeth said. Isaiah is apparently also staying at the estate. Heck, they probably all are, judging by how huge it is, reasoned Lizzie. You're right, but still, I feel like she somehow knows I like him and is doing it on purpose. Kind of like what she did with Julio and Casey. Not this again, stated Lizzie. She cut out a giant square in the middle of the cardboard box meant for the puppets to be seen. You know what she did was super wrong, right? Pretending to be your friend so you could tutor her for algebra and you telling her who you liked and BAM! A few weeks later, she and Julio are an item. Lower your voice, Casey. I don't want them to start, begged Lizzie. Whatever, she's a floozy and she knows it, insisted Casey. Draw the clouds before you draw the trees, ordered Lizzie. Oh, hush it. I'm just saying. Marianne is a record, declared Casey. A record of doing what? asked Marianne, suddenly behind Casey. Casey turned around and faced Marianne. A record of being a two-faced snake, sassed Casey. A two-faced snake? Me? shouted Marianne, who shoved Casey. Casey, in turn, shoved Marianne back. And before Marianne could come closer to Casey with her open hand, Edward and Isaiah got between the girls. Whoa, 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 what's going on here? asked Isaiah. She's calling me names, answered Marianne, who was pretending to tear up. Well, maybe they weren't such a two-faced bitch, bellowed Casey. Language, shouted everyone in the lounge. Well, she put her hands on me first, reminded Casey. I was only defending myself. I will not be hearing another word of this, stated Marcella, who was still in the room. Both of you, to my office immediately you sure you want them going in together warned isaiah you're right isaiah escort marianne i'll be with casey the rest of you get back to work she barked isaiah escorted marianne out of the lounge and marcella walked behind marianne but in front of casey 
Lucy was left alone to work on the backdrop for one of the skits. She felt bad she couldn't prevent the fight. She began coloring the cardboard blue, then spray painting white puffy cotton-looking clouds. So, I take it Marianne isn't very popular, a male voice whispered. Huh? Lucy responded, startled and accidentally sprayed white onto Edward's black tennis shoe. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry, she quavered. No, no, don't worry, these shoes are old anyway, he reassured her. He kneeled down beside her. What are you working on? The sunny day for Pepito and Maria, Lucy explained. Ah, let me help you there since your partner's busy at the moment, he volunteered. Yeah, I told her you just help me, but am I right? Is Marianne me? He asked again. Why would you ask that, she responded. Well, I saw the tension yesterday and now today, Edward reasoned. That obvious, huh? Yeah. Care to share more, he wondered. I don't know, Edward. I wouldn't feel right telling you about Casey and Marianne, for that matter. It's okay, I understand. Now, let's add the tree on here. Here's the green and the brown spray cans. Wow, you're really talented painter. Thank you, Lizzie nervously replied. So I take it you're the shy one and Casey's the fiery one since the sandbot. That's amazing that your friendship has lasted this long. Will you be two going to the same college? Hopefully. We haven't begun applying yet. Well, you should. You don't want to be like me, 21 and barely working on your basics. Edward added the finishing touches to the set. He then walked towards Sarah and began rehearsing his lines. Mary Elizabeth walked in and motioned for Catherine to go outside with her. 10.45 a.m. Though challenging and a bit stressful, Lizzie was able to finish three out of five sets needed for the puppet skits. Luckily, Joanna, Hannah, and Joshua helped with the remaining two. Sarah finished sewing up loose ends for the puppets. They knew after another game of Bible trivia and lunch, the show would be going on. Okay, loud male voice said. Everyone looked up and saw that it was the head of the church. Pastor Glenn with Pastor Gilbert and Pastor Ramiro. We will be missing three liaisons for the time being, but it's time to do some more Bible trivia before lunch. Let's get on out there. Will we be giving out prizes this time? I didn't work on them, asked Lizzie. No, we got that covered, Lizzie. Don't worry about it. You just go out there and have fun, suggested Pastor Gilberto. Where is Isaiah? asked Joshua. He's handling some paperwork. He will catch up with us, informed Pastor Glenn. Paperwork? But Casey didn't start a fight. It was Marianne, argued Lizzie. Now, Lizzie, if we need any more witnesses, we will ask you, as stated Pastor Glenn. But you only took Catherine in and not me. Look at the time, shouted Pastor Ramiro. Let's get going. He opened the door and motioned for the rest of the troop to walk out. They all lined up single file and walked out of the lounge. Lizzie was stunned at how blatant favoritism was happening at Templo Nuestro. She knew that Marianne probably made up a lie about Casey and Catherine would always agree with her. However, knowing that she needed both Pastor Glenn's and Mary Elizabeth's signatures for the community service hours, she decided to wait to see what Casey would say at home. She walked out with the troop behind Pastor Glenn. Before she got into the assembly building, Pastor Gilbert pulled her aside. Look, kiddo, I know what you're thinking. I know how you're feeling, and I know what's going on, he quietly consulted. So what's going to happen to Casey? This is the first time she's ever gotten into trouble, and we need her community service and letters of recommendation. It will be fine. Being that it's her first offense, she will most likely just be asked to go home for the day or just be in the office. Don't worry, it's barely summer. You all still have time to get more community service hours. You all don't graduate until May anyway. And as for those letters of recommendation, you also have me and Lucinda, Pastor Manuel, Marcela, Pastor Ramiro, and other members of the congregation, he assured her. Seeing the look of relief on Lucy's face made Pastor Gilberto smile. They both walked into the assembly area and made their way backstage. Once there, the prayer group were all paired up and in separate groups. Edward and Sarah were rehearsing more lines with their puppets. Joanna and Isaiah were going over a dance while Hannah and Joanna watched them for mistakes. There you are. Lizzie turned and saw Pastor Glenn and Pastor Ramiro. Come, let's get the backdrops organized. Lizzie quickly ran and began helping them set up the sunny day backdrop, the school bus backdrop, the home setting, the neighborhood, and so on as those boys go about saying no to drugs. Once she and the other pastors had been set, Isaiah, the leader of the troop, came up to them. So we have the sets in order. Sunny day, school bus, home, neighborhood, he asked. Sure thing, my man, replied Pastor Ramiro. The troop went on stage after Pastor Glenn ended Bible trivia. The last prize had been handed out by Mary Elizabeth and Marianne, who were on the opposite side of the stage. Lizzie ignored them and focused on making sure the sets remained in touch. 
The troop went on with their dancing and tricks as per usual. The children in the camp would cheer even louder every time Ezra did a breakdancing move or if Joanna did a backflip. After three minutes of dancing to Christian power music, Isaiah took the mic and began speaking. Okay, boys and girls of Templo Nuestro Church, fans of the Houston Rockets, today we will be talking about something serious, to which all the children gasped. Now, now, it's not too bad, but it's about saying no to drugs, which is what pray is all about. It's about praying away the drugs. Not only are we going to teach you to say no to them, but we're also going to teach you how to pray for others that are addicted to them. All the children cheered and applauded for this. What we have planned for you today is these fun skits that our troop put together. Isaiah turned and looked at Lizzie. Oh no, she whispered. Joshua, Hannah, and Joanna all walked to the side of the stage where Lizzie was standing with the backdrop. We will be taking these out of your hands, conveyed Joanna. God bless you, added Joshua. The troop moved the first set out into the stage and Edward and Sarah went behind the box and under the line of vision from the cutout square in the middle. A white-skinned looking puppet with black hair and two black buttons for eyes wearing a red shirt popped up. A second tan puppet with brown buttons for eyes and a green polo popped up. Hey there, Maria, did you finish the homework? Spoke Edward, modifying his voice. Yes, Pepito, I did. How about you? Responded Sarah, who also modified her voice. No, no, I didn't. Why not, Pepito? The shisha's gonna get mad. Well, last night my parents were having a carne asada. He paused and all the children in the crowd cheered. As I was sitting there, my primo Tomas was hanging out with the neighborhood boys and they offered me a sip of alcohol. You had a beer? Yes. Are we allowed to drink beer? We're only in the fourth grade. I don't know, but Tomas and the cool kids of the lobby were drinking, so I joined them. The backdrop changed from the sunny park scene to the scene on the bus, then into the classroom and etc. At the end of Pepito and Maria's day, they were back at the same backdrop from the beginning, the park. Only this time there was a third puppet there. Wow, after the firefighter came to talk to us today, I am never drinking a beer or doing drugs. It's not what God wants either, stated Pepito. Me either, added Maria. Yo niño, said the strange third hoodlum looking puppet with baggy pants and chains. Hello, they both answered. You want to try some marijuanas? Is that a drug, asked Pepito? Yes, answered Maria. Remember firefighter Murphy said that marijuana was a drug that leads to other drugs? Gate something? All right, remembered Pepito. Firefighter Murphy's a nerd. No one cares about what nerds say, said the third nefarious puppet while approaching Pepito and Maria. Say no to drugs and peer pressure, reminded Maria. The skit stopped. Edward, Sarah, and Joshua popped out from behind the cardboard box and stepped in front of it. Isaiah, Joanna, and Hannah joined them on stage. Now, boys and girls, remarked Isaiah, were Pepito and Maria right about saying no to drugs? Yes, they all shouted in unison. What else could they have done after running away from the third puppet? Various children began to shout different answers. Call 911! Call Captain Murphy! Those are all good answers, boys and girls. But what they should also do is... Pray! Oh, they all shouted. Now, we are going to do some role-playing activities where one of you will come on stage and pretend to be like Maria and Pepito, and one of us will pretend to be the gang member. But remember, it's just pretend. We're just acting, so don't go out in public and have security at the mall chase us. All the children began to laugh. Now who wants to volunteer, asked Isaiah. Me, they shouted, and several hands shot up in the air. Lizzie was watching but couldn't help but feel eyes on her. She turned around and saw Evan standing behind her. Oh, Jesus, you scared me, she whispered. Don't take the Lord's name in vain, he demanded. How have you been? Good, good. Just wondering when you'd be ready to. You know, hinted Evan. Evan, we made a promise to God and Jesus that we would wait until marriage pleaded Lizzie. Yeah, but that's for boyfriends and girlfriends. You and I are neither of those things. Besides, don't you want to go with experience to college? Evan asked. 
but before Dizzy could answer, the music of Bonnie Tyler's totally eclipsed as a heart began playing. Dizzy and Evan both turned around and looked out onto the stage. The prayer group began what was an interpreted dance. It started with Joanna and the other group members all wearing backpacks and pretending to be in school. Then it turned to Sarah and Edward using drugs. Once upon a time there was light in my life, then now there's only love in the dark. Edward's character overcame the drug addiction, but Sarah didn't, and she died. The rest of the troop carried her in what looked like a casket on stage to the breakdown in the song. The song ended, and the six stayed looking somber. Sarah then popped out of the casket, and the mood turned from a somber one to a cheerful one once again. Okay, now you see why doing drugs is bad, asked Isaiah. Yes, again they shouted. Now, can anyone tell me what we call in when a friend keeps on suggesting you drink some alcohol or marijuana? Oh, oh, me, 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 said a little boy in the front row. Pastor Gilberto ran to him and handed the microphone. It's called peer pressure. Very good. Here's prayer shirt from us, gushed Isaiah. Edward ran towards the little boy in the crowd and handed him the shirt. Now, another question for another prize, boys and girls. What else are we supposed to do besides saying no to drugs? It's something firefighters do before they rush into a burning building, Joanna hinted. Oh, oh, I know, I know, shouted the little girl in the far back. Pastor Emmanuel, who had been missing up until now, ran towards her with the microphone in hand. They pray. Excellent, shouted Joanna. Here's a shirt for you. She tossed it towards Pastor Emmanuel, who caught it and handed it to the little girl. All right, boys and girls, we are handing paper and pencils out. If you notice on the paper, it says, I blank pledge to not only say no to drugs but also pledge to pray for those afflicted by drug addiction for them to go away instructed isaiah this will be the end of the skits and lessons from us today boys and girls tomorrow we will be having a special comedy hour by edward between bible trivia lunch the improv group skits dances q a and now pledge planning it was already 3 p.m lizzie wondered where casey was Marianne was allowed to come back, and from the stage vantage point, she was able to spot Catherine, Leo, and the other minions as well, collecting pledges from the children. So you want to meet tonight, Liz? whispered Evan. Huh? I said, if you wanted to meet tonight. You know, repeated Evan. I don't know, Evan. We have to be up early again tomorrow for the fourth day. Oh, come on. It's not going to hurt. I promise. I'll go gentle. What's not going to hurt? Evan let out a frustrated sigh when Edward walked backstage. Hey, liaison and Evan, my man, he greeted with a special handshake only fraternity brothers would ever give each other. So what's going on on the agenda for tonight at your place? My place? asked Lizzie. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, Lizzie. I was asking Evan, clarified Edward. Ah, Lizzie was red in the face. Nothing, man. My dad was going to fire up the grill and, you know, watch the Rockets take the Spurs. Cool, cool, but hey, man, I'm a Spurs fan since I'm from South Texas, said Edward. Houston represent, shouted Evan. Will you be jogging again, Lizzie? asked Edward. Uh, Lizzie stammered while turning red once more. Jogging on by, asked Evan. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Casey and Lizzie yesterday were jogging down the street and I bumped into them, explained Edward. Really? asked Evan while looking at Lizzie. Is that your usual jogging route? Never seen you running there. Well, well, it's just that Casey wanted to try a new route, Lizzie explained. Uh-huh, replied Evan. Yeah, a nice neighborhood to run in as well, she confirmed. Hmm, funny. Why is it funny, asked Edward. Funny because I've known Lizzie and Casey all my life, and I've never known them to jog near the house, stated Evan. No way, laughed Edward. Way, exclaimed Evan. Feeling the wind escape her, Lizzie stood frozen with her mouth open. She couldn't believe what Evan had just said. How did he know? Edward, come here, shouted Sarah. We'll catch you later, my man. I gotta see what my girl wants, said Edward while exiting the awkward situation between the three of them. So, do you, Lizzie? Do I what? Do you have a hots for Edward? What? I want answers. What's none of your concern? Seems like you said. We aren't boyfriend and girlfriend. Lizzie angrily stormed out of the assembly hall for fresh air. She did not want to help with buses. She did not feel like facing Marianne or her entourage. She didn't want to see Evan, and she didn't want to be anywhere near the troop. In fact, the troop was the group she wanted to be the furthest from. She let out a profound sigh and walked towards the back of the administration building. 
She knew Grizzly Baxter was a creek. When she needed to escape and pray, Grizzly would walk to the creek instead. The creek had dirt trails covered in rocks and bushes. The trees worked as curtains to block out anyone from looking in. She loved being behind the veil and looking from the inside out. As she began walking into the creek, she heard rustling noises coming from the bushes. Feeling brave, she walked towards the noise and found Edward pulling his pants up. Oh my god, Lizzie shouted. Fuck, he shouted. What are you doing? How long have you been standing there, he asked. I asked first, she stated. Now, Elizabeth, calm down. Only my father calls me that. You don't get to. Okay, okay. Now, easy. Easy? What are you doing? Look, I was waiting on Sarah and she was taking too long. So, you and Sarah are a thing? Yeah, well, not official, but... And you're having premarital sex? Now, Lizzie, no human is perfect. Feeling her heart racing to her chest, she saw Edward's lips still moving but heard nothing he said. So then she said, let's go do something romantic, and I thought this was the romantic spot. Okay, uttered Lizzie in disbelief. Lizzie, are you ever going to look me in the eye again? It's just, Lizzie, you can't tell anyone, okay? It will hurt Sarah and the troop. Think of the congregation, he begged while grabbing her by the wrist. It'll be our little secret, okay? Lizzie shook her head in agreement. And as a thank you for not telling, I'll help you in case you get better at your running. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you two racing by and you could do some work. Still in shock, Lizzie didn't respond. As a matter of fact, we will meet outside of the estate and we'll run real quick before the game. So see you then, he instructed. After saying that, he walked back to Templo Nuestro's parking lot. Lizzie stayed behind and watched as Edward grew smaller and smaller in the distance. She looked around and felt a silence befall the creek. Maybe it was because her heart was still racing, but she no longer felt the tranquil serenity of that haven that was once there. She turned around and walked back towards the church. She made it on time. The last bus had just left and Casey was standing outside. There you are, she shouted. What happened? I'll tell you right now. Why were you and Edward coming from the back? Casey asked. Oh no, girl, I got stuff to tell you, but in private. What do you mean? It's nothing like that, but we're going to be running with him tonight. My goodness, shouted Casey in excitement. Don't get too excited. He's dating Sarah. Sarah? Yes. No wonder she's always with him. Yeah, but he still wants to help us out with our running, said Lizzie. That's cool, shouted Casey. So what happened after you fought with Pollyanna, asked Lizzie. Oh my goodness, girl, it wasn't even a fight. Mary Elizabeth called my dad to let him know that I had gotten in trouble for studying backwards. So yeah, yes. And then Catherine got pulled in as a witness, and she just lied about me shoving Marianne. But luckily Isaiah was there, and he backed me up. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the only reason I didn't get the demerit after all, and still I'm allowed to be the youth leader. So, why did Marianne return to the assembly and not you? Pastor Glenn and Mary Elizabeth thought it'd be best we kept apart for the remainder of the day. And what did they say to Wine Catherine? Nothing. That's so unfair. Yeah, I know. Casey's father, Juan, pulled up and drove the girls home. Later that day, both girls met at the end of the cul-de-sac and made their way onto Winter Lane. So are we really gonna jog with Edward? Yes, Casey. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Stop saying that and act normal. Remember, he's too old for us and is dating Sarah. A girl can dream. They make their way out of Wall Avenue. This time the distance seems shorter. Once outside Pastor Glenn's estate, the girls were greeted by a shirtless Edward wearing a sweatband on his head and running shorts. This drove Casey wild. Not only was he easy on the eyes, he had a ripped body. Hey liaisons! Hey, Casey shouted. All right, you all ready for the best run of your lives, he asked. Yeah, Casey replied. Both Casey and Edward took off sprinting. Lizzie was trotting behind them, trying to give Casey and Edward time to talk. As she was jogging down Winter Lane, she couldn't help but daydream about things she's going to accomplish her senior year. She was going to run for senior class president, join student council once more, and possibly get the nomination for homecoming queen. No longer was she going to be the wallflower. 
As she was thinking this in her mind, she couldn't help but wonder what Edward and Sour were going to do out there in the creek. She began to wonder about the proposal Evan was offering her as well. If Edward and Sarah couldn't resist their urges to still be good Christians, why couldn't she and Evan? Lizzie, where you at? Not noticing how her thoughts slowed her down, she saw Edward and Casey running back towards her. Sorry, not feeling so hot today. Really tired, she lied. Yeah, I bet, added Edward. We did so many things while you were gone, Casey. Like what? Casey asked. Just biscuits and questions, replied Edward. Lizzie had to do the job of five people, but she rocked it. Ah, added Casey. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to do a special presentation plus a special comedy treat by moi, he added. Moi? Both girls asked. Oh, you girls don't speak French? No. Ah, well, moi means me in French. Oh, really? Gushed Casey. Yeah, 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 it will be a part of my routine. You'll see tomorrow. At the end of the statement, they reached the state once more. Edward and the girls parted ways. The girls went back home and rested after the second to last day of camp. See you tomorrow, Lizzie. See you tomorrow, Case. Well, that concludes the second part of the Fortnite Season 2 premiere of the Introverted Paris podcast. You just listened to the second part of Summer of 1997, covering Tuesday and Wednesday. Join us tomorrow night when we cover Thursday through Saturday. I am your host, author, and narrator, Ileana Faith. As always, stay safe this spring break 2021. Good night, love.